Namaste and welcome to another edition of the Bharat Vartha Weekly. It's a bright and beautiful sunny morning here in Bangalore. Hey Abhishek, what's up? How's life? Hi Kai, hope you're doing better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, doing better, I suppose. We have plenty of events uh, to run you through today. Uh, it's been an action-packed week, I should say. Of course, there is the continuing political drama unfolding in uh, Maharashtra. Uh, and uh, U.S. Congresswoman uh, Ilan Omar has proposed a resolution against India. There was the successful launch of the VLSRSAM missile, then the attack on Congress President Rahul Gandhi's office at Vainad. In more optimistic news, uh, we had Indian diplomats returning to Afghanistan and the Supreme Court giving a clean shit to Prime Minister Modi in the Gujarat riots of 2002. All of this and more in today's edition. But before we begin, I should say that, you know, Prasanna was right about the NDA nomination for president, uh, right? Uh, Abhishek, if you remember, uh, he had mentioned that, you know, it could be someone else. Uh, so we miss, we wish uh, Ms. Draupadi Murmu all the very best for the nomination. Also, we put out a very interesting episode last week uh, with Aniket Dogar, who is the founder and CEO of Hakdarshak, uh, on delivering social welfare. We've seen, especially during COVID, uh, something like 80 crore people were you know, benef- uh, beneficiaries of uh, various welfare schemes, uh, including ration and so on. And this is going to get more and more relevant for us. I mean, we're a very big nation, large and complex, and, you know, delivering uh, social welfare at the last mile is is really tricky. We spoke about the various nuances on this with uh, Aniket, and uh, it's, it's, a, it's really a wonderful episode. I hope you guys catch that. Um, all right, moving on to the first piece of news for the week. The political crisis in Maharashtra continues to deepen. Uh, in case you haven't been following, uh, Eknath Shinde, along with 11 other MLAs of Shiv Sena, flew to Surat in Gujarat and claimed to have meetings with the BJP leaders there. Uh, on 22nd June, Shinde stated that he had moved 40 legislators to Guwahati. Udhav Takre, the current chief minister of Maharashtra, then offered to step down as the leader of the current allegiance uh, government and as uh, chief minister. These rebel MLAs uh, are, are now set to have a meeting at 12 noon today uh, in a Guwahati hotel to discuss further strategy. Well, uh, Abhishek, I mean, uh, what do you make of these uh, you know, developments? Pretty interesting, I would think. Yeah, I think uh, resort politics is back once again. I think it happens once or twice every year in various states. Uh, yeah, interesting developments in Maharashtra. This seems like a civil war within the Shiv Sena. Um, so... As we know, uh, the background is that, you know, two and a half years back, uh, uh, BJP and Shiv Sena had comfortably won a majority in the assembly election uh, with BJP about 105 seats and Shiv Sena some 55 odd seats. And then due to disagreements about, I suppose, the chief ministership, uh, the Shiv Sena decided to break away from the NDA and, uh, you know, join hands with NCP Congress to form the government, right? So in some ways, uh, right from the start, one could argue that the mandate was not for the uh, Mahavika Sagadi government. It was clearly for an NDA government, but uh, Shiv Sena chose to go the other side. And now about two and a half uh, years later, we are seeing this big uh, breakup happening within their party, or at least within their, uh, uh, you know, MLAs, right? And Eknath Chende has uh, sort of mandate. Was I don't know what what are the exact numbers that he has, but clearly uh, more than half, right? And close to two thirds of the MLAs are apparently siding with him. Now uh, there is obviously a lot of chatter that. Uh, uh, what he wants to do is basically form a BJP plus Sena government, right? Uh, with 
probably under the cm chief ministership of mr fadnavis uh, but we'll have to wait and see how the speaker of maharashtra assembly treats this uh, breakup uh, before that these guys have to uh, also come back to maharashtra and mumbai and uh, we don't know how the uh, state level cadre will react to which side they will take i don't know uh, how much support Uddhav Thakre continues to have among the cadre of the Shiv Sena. Uh, I think uh, the reason given by Eknath Shinde is that you know he felt that the Shiv Sena party under Uddhav Thakre was not being you know true to their original ideology. They were going away from Hindutva, etc. So that's the publicly stated reasons. I think obviously. Uh, inter-party dynamics and interpersonal dynamics might have also played a role, right? And he may not have felt he was given the importance he deserved, etc. So we'll just have to wait and see uh, how this uh, crisis finally gets cleared, right? Whether we get an alternative government or whether, you know, Uddhav Thakre survives or whether we, you know, very soon get another assembly election. So that's something for us to wait and see. Yeah. No, I think this fissure has been talked about earlier as well, right? I mean, uh, uh, the Bala Sahib, uh, Shiv Sena and the Uddhav Thakre, Shiv Sena is like miles apart uh, in terms of ideology and so on. Um, I think as a matter of political convenience, you're, you're seeing some sort of a government here. But yeah, uh, do stay tuned. Uh, we will bring you an exclusive episode. Hopefully, we'll have uh, Rohit Jairaman, a political uh, commentator, uh, speaking about the various nuances of uh, this developing story. Um, moving on, we had... Uh, the Australian Defence Minister, Mr. Richard Miles, uh, visit India, um, and uh, the visit was aimed at strengthening defence and security cooperation. He held a bilateral meeting with Defence Minister, Mr. Rajnath Singh. Uh, it's the first high-level visit from the new Australian government. Deputy Prime Minister Miles also met External Affairs Minister, Dr. S. Jayashankar, and engaged national security and defence policymakers and personnel. Um, well, we put out a very comprehensive uh, episode on Australian politics with uh, Mr. Greg Connolly, who is you know, a renowned expert uh, on all things uh, politics and policy in Australia. And uh, yeah, I mean, it covered a bunch of things like the new Labour government, um, you know, what are their immediate objectives, uh, how their views will be towards India and so on. Uh, so do check out that episode again, you know, for the larger significance of some of these things. Um, you know, we've had multiple developing relationships like the AUKUS and the Quad and so on. Um, and certainly, you know, the new era of geopolitics is very interesting. And uh, that episode really sheds light on, uh, you know, the Australian view of certain things, right? So, which is uh, something that we don't hear too often. Um, so definitely check out that episode with uh, Mr. Greg Connolly and Valina Chakrova. And in other news, uh, Congresswoman Ilan Omar has introduced a resolution to turn India into a country of particular concern. Uh, the representative from the U.S. Congress has introduced this resolution to condemn human rights violations in India, specifically those targeting Muslims, Christians, Sikhs, Dalits, Adivasis, and other religious and cultural minorities. Designating India as a country of particular concern can lead to economic sanctions in extreme cases. Um, a consultative government body in the U.S., um, the U.S. Commission on International Religious Freedom, has been recommending this designation over the past three years. Uh, previously, uh, Ilan Omar was criticized by the Indian government for visiting POK earlier this year. Um, Abhishek, I mean, does this really hold water? I mean, you know, is this even important actually? Yeah, I don't think so. I think uh, the particular uh, US body that you talked about, 
right uh, they do the they bring out these annual reports and uh, obviously every year uh, they find lot of countries in which uh, they say that you know religious freedom is uh, uh, you know not up to the mark i think uh, and obviously uh, india also continues to feature every year as a, a country that they highlight right where uh, religious freedom is not uh, you know there so i think the way they look at it is like india has some of these states where we have uh, anti conversion laws right and uh, from a, a united states lens uh, which is and this uh, body obviously has a very um, christian centric viewpoint right and so they look at uh, uh anti conversion laws as being restrictive of religious religion religious freedom then there are uh, certain uh news items every year where you know there are clashes between various religious groups in india so that also is something they bring attention to so i think this continues to uh, be a uh, an annual affair and i don't know if this resolution introduced by ilan umar will gain a lot of traction but i don't think uh, whatever the outcome of the resolution i don't think uh, us is right now in a position to be uh, you know uh, giving out sanctions to a country like india given the you know delicate geopolitical situation on many fronts No, not just geopolitical. I mean, even their internal situation is pretty bad, right? I mean, we saw the Roe versus uh, Wade uh, decision, uh, you know, last week, and there are supposedly mass protests uh, lined up for this weekend. So, um, you know, it's it's a very fissured uh, country, right? I mean, whether on gun rights or on uh, you know abortion and plenty of other things. Um, so the internal strife is such that you know, I mean, they don't have the uh, moral standing to lecture anyone really on uh, on on these things, as you mentioned. um yeah and uh, you know for more details on this do check out the episode we did with uh, ruchir uh, uh, ruchir and vishal right on uh, how the us media is you know uh, part of the deep state uh, and how it views some of these things and how it's active part of uh, geopolitics itself and policy itself right um so so yeah i mean um, it's just a battering ram uh, Uh, used to kind of hold india back but uh, of course i mean india's stature is uh, you know has grown in the world today uh, right we've gone far beyond uh, you know how some of these things can affect us uh, like it was earlier uh, so so yeah i mean um, that's that um moving on um, in some positive news uh, the vl srsam missile system was successfully test fired earlier this week the vertical launch short range surface to air missile is a completely indigenized um, indigenously developed shipborne weapon system it has been designed to strike at the high speed airborne targets at the range of 40 to 50 kilometers and at an altitude of around 15 kilometers vlsr vlsrsam is a can- canisterized system which means it is stored and operated from specially designed compartments in the canister the inside environment is uh, controlled thus making its transport and storage easier and improving the shelf life of weapons um, we're going to be doing 
a more extensive discussion on defense indigenization and army reforms and so on and so forth uh, of course i mean you've been seeing what's happening on the agnivir front uh, and we will cover some of this stuff uh, in that longer episode uh, if you have suggestions for who we should invite as guests i mean feel free to let us know on social media we'll definitely have these people over but yeah i mean this is a longer discussion that will be covered uh, in that episode um in political news uh, rahul gandhi's office in wynad was vandalized by a group of students um, of the students federation of india uh, the sfi activists were protesting a new supreme court directive that made it mandatory for every protected forest tract and wildlife sanctuary to have an eco sensitive zone or esz of 1 km from its boundaries the unexpected attack sparked protests from congress across kerala with its workers taking to the streets in all districts clashing with police and damaging cpim campaign boards cpim distanced itself uh, uh, from the incident with chief minister pinarayi vijayan condemning the incident well uh, i mean of all the things that people could protest i mean this would this this is certainly unusual right abhishek yeah it's kind of uh... humorous to uh, think that a supreme court judgment led to uh, sfi cadre attacking rahul gandhi like it's a very uh, weird sort of chain of events right uh, but just reading about it it seems uh, uh, this has been an ongoing issue uh, where uh, uh, folks in kerala have been against these various supreme court uh, rulings or directions coming where you know they want this environmentally protected zones uh, environmentally protected zones around some of these natural resources or parks etc right and the problem is once uh, a zone is sort of notified then you need to clear that from human habitation right and that that causes sort of problems for uh, the local people residing there obviously so how rahul gandhi gets involved in it i'm not too sure but yeah uh, interesting development here no he is the people's representative there at uh, wynad right so you know uh, well uh, in other news uh, indian diplomats have returned to afghanistan uh, india has also sent 27 tons of emergency relief assistance for the people of afghanistan in the aftermath of the 5.9 magnitude earthquake that killed more than 1000 people The Taliban welcomed India's decision to send diplomats and a technical team to the embassy in Kabul to to quote continue their relations with the Afghan people and their humanitarian assistance. A Taliban spokesman said the Taliban assures all existing embassies that the security of their compounds will be taken care of in line with international diplomatic uh, practices. Um well I mean a new era in uh, uh, geopolitics uh, starts right with India and Afghanistan. yeah i mean uh, given the developments of uh, the previous year right with the us moving out and the taliban coming in india did have to you know prioritize the safety of its uh, mission there and bring back all diplomats right but now it's a fact that the taliban is here and here to stay and so uh, you know gradually uh, uh you know diplomats are returning back and unfortunately you know there is this very large earthquake right in afghanistan lot of 
loss of life and property and so india uh, is definitely helping out along with other nations and this is like a good segue to sort of start um, the diplomatic uh, relation with uh, taliban you know at the end of the day we can't really you know choose who our neighbors are and who is in power right but afghanistan being a uh, you know very strategic location uh, you know it it is of paramount importance to india that uh, the ruling dispensation does not become you know totally anti india and sort of uh, you know um, aid and enable uh, more terrorism against india right and so that's a relationship for india to manage carefully yeah um we've done multiple episodes on afghanistan obviously um, you know some of these during the velina's talk series and also I mean we did one specifically on central asian republics uh, do check that episode out we'll link it in the description uh, and finally uh, the supreme court gave a clean chit to prime minister modi in the gujarat riots the supreme court has dismissed a petition filed by zakia jafri that questioned the clean chit by the special investigation team to prime minister narendra modi and 63 others for their alleged role in the violence uh, kapil sibal who appeared for zakia jafri told the top court that the sit did not conduct an investigation but did a collaborative exercise and its probe was fraught with omissions to protect conspirators uh well i mean do you think this bogey of 2002 will ever come to an end abhishek no not really in the sense uh, i think everyone has made up their opinion a long time back right so those who are in the small minority i guess right now in the country of feel uh, cm modi then or the gujarat administration was complicit in the riots they are not going to get uh, convinced by any court verdict or any sit right so they will continue in to believe and uh, you know that these people uh, you know the administration there and narendra modi was uh, you know complicit in the riot so the rest of the country has probably moved on he has got elected twice as the prime minister of the country and so this is all very distant history for most of the population of the india of india i would say but yeah i think this was yet another sort of thing that reached the supreme court via the plea of uh, zakia jafri but uh, uh, i think supreme court basically said that uh, whatever the sit conducted it conducted you know with proper diligence and uh you know all materials are uh, required for the investigation were you know collated and deliberated and uh, then the sit had given a clean chit so basically the supreme court uh, endorsed the uh, investigation and uh, you know whatever was found by the sit right uh, and also they said that Uh, there were various parties such as tista setalwad who were actually uh, who had their own motives to sort of keep uh, this case you know burning and uh, you know so uh, that was also something which the supreme court kind of 
brought out right that there were other motivated parties behind you know keeping this case so, uh, burning repeatedly so uh, i think since then uh, uh, the gujarat police has gone ahead and arrested kista setalwad in the last one or two days uh, that's the update that i read uh, but yeah i think that part of the story is going to be in the news for some time to come i guess yeah i think there are allegations of uh, mishandling of uh, finances and you know uh, coercing witnesses and so on right i mean yeah. pretty egregious uh, i would say um and you know i mean important to remember that there were 10 years of an opposition government uh, that need you know that wasn't necessarily very kind to uh, mr modi uh, during this time right i mean uh, uh, that and the fact that i mean he's perhaps the the only chief minister who's been interrogated as much uh by an sit right uh, it was something like 300 plus or 3000 plus hours i think right uh, cumulative uh well but but as you say you know i mean people have already made up their mind one way or another uh right and this i suppose is uh, for the history books right i mean it's for the records basically and um, you know hopefully his good name will be cleared um all right so so that's the news and events for the week that was we have a couple of interesting uh, uh, episodes coming up on bharat vartha uh, we're collaborating with the indic explorer uh, right uh, and uh, the first episode is going to be about uh, art and uh, more specifically art in the underground we're going to be talking to ari jayprakash uh, who's an artist and musician um, and he's going to be talking about various uh, cultural aspects and so on uh, also i uh, had another conversation with dr bushan shukla some of you may remember that uh, Dr. Bhushan appeared on episode 12 of Bharat Vartha way back when uh, in April of 2020 and we spoke about parenting and child health and so on uh, yeah he was back uh, to talk about mental health uh, and you know various nuances extremely fascinating episode uh, that uh, both of these episodes coming up and as i mentioned we'll also be putting out a couple of episodes one on the maharashtra uh, political saga that's ongoing and of course uh, uh the sec- the second on army reforms defense reforms and so on uh yeah uh, for the army reforms episode i mean if you guys have suggestions on who we should host on bharat vartha please let us know on social media um you know the links are in the description uh so yeah that's about it uh, thank you again uh, for joining us on bharat vartha this week uh, stay safe take care and jai hind